0: Well good morning and welcome to Restoration Church Online. I am so glad that you were able to join us this morning and catch this online service. No, we have not moved back to all online. This is something that we started last year. We're on the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we've moved to an online service. That way we can just honor our volunteers uh, and on the staff and all the people that go to make a Sunday service happen. It's nice to be able to say, hey, we love you. We recognize this is a busy week. We want to encourage you to stay home and worship with your family. And uh, so that's why we're meeting online today. And I am so glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. Uh, Thanks for joining us. I want to show you a little piece of history. Listen, if you are a a younger person, maybe in your teens, this might seem completely foreign and Greek to you. Uh, It might be hard to believe. If you are an older person you might actually have one of these still around that you use, or it might bring back fond memories. Do you remember this? That's right. It is a flip phone. Man, this was the stuff back in the day. In fact, I remember when my wife and I, when we first got a cell phone, uh, way back maybe in the mid-2000s, I don't know, it was a long time ago. We got that cell phone. It reminded me of one of my favorite TV shows as a child when I was growing up what is your favorite tv show what favorite tv show do you go back to your childhood for me i was a child of the 80s and the 90s and i loved the show uh, saved by the bell it was just a, a great show i loved it but on that show zach was the cool guy and zach had this cell phone that was the size of a brick even though that thing was mon- a monstrosity man he looked so cool And so when we got our flip phone, when we got our first cell phone, I thought, man, this is going to make me look so cool. If you remember cell phones back in those days, you had to be very cautious with your cell phone uh, because you only had a certain number of minutes. And for you young people, you might not get get this. It wasn't a certain amount of data. It was a certain amount of minutes that you could actually talk on the phone. You could only talk for a certain amount of, of minutes. You could do a text message, but there was only nine buttons and so you'd have to hit a a button a bunch of times in order to actually get a text message across. It was a lot harder to text back in those days. In addition to the old flip phone, how many of you had one of these uh, Nokia phones? Remember these things? These things are are phenomenal. These things are kind of like your grandma's fruitcake where they never die, they never expire, they're always going to be around. If you've got one of those Nokia cell phones from way back in 2003, it probably still works to this day. Listen, I don't remember when exactly it was, but Apple introduced this new type of cell phone that was revolutionary. It was called the iPhone. And I remember, man, the iPhone was almost like having a computer in your pocket. It was amazing. And I remember thinking, man, if, if I could just get an iPhone, man, I would totally be as cool as Zach from Saved Save by the Bell. In fact, I might be a little cooler than him. And so I decided I'm going to do this sales pitch to my wife. Now, in our marriage, uh, time management has sometimes been an issue for my wife, not necessarily for me. You know, I, I'm usually good. You know, I'm, I'm usually the one that's right on time or maybe a couple minutes late Every once in a while, I might forget something I was supposed to do and that sort of thing. But she, man, she's got some sort of disease. She she gets to everything early. She always remembers everything. So it may just be that my lack of being on time and my sometimes forgetting things has caused tension in our relationship. And so my sales pitch went something like this. I said, listen, honey, if we, if we spend two months worth of our grocery budget, begin again, it's all about priorities. That makes sense. If we spent two months of our grocery budget to bought me an iPhone, just think about how organized I will be. That iPhone has got this new digital assistant named Siri. And I said, honey, just, just imagine, just imagine, Siri will help me be organized. Siri will help me with my schedule. I'll be on time. I will never forget anything. Because, you know, a cell phone is going to make me better. It's going to make my life full and complete. And I'm going to be just right. Somehow, I talked her into it. I got a cell phone. And let me tell you how that iPhone changed my life. Man, I can't tell you. How many hours I have invested in crushing candy and flinging angry birds at buildings. Who knew that you could spend so much time on social media looking at memes and watching puppy videos? They're amazing. Who knew? And Siri? Siri is awesome. You can say, hey Siri, tell me a joke and she will tell you a joke. It is awesome and amazing. And guess what? While the phone, the iPhone, has given me spurts of maybe improvement in my organization and my schedule, man, I still forget things. I still push time. It did not solve my issue. It did not make me complete or whole or anything like that. I want to bring this up because uh, this morning, here we are, we're at the end of 2020, in fact, I remember just a year ago, right before 2020 was coming, I sat down with some friends and uh, some pastor friends, and we're talking about, hey, we need to look at January. We need to talk to people about having 2020 vision, about challenging people to, to have good goals and plans and resolutions to make their 2020 the best year ever. And here we are at the end of 2020. I'm not sure 2020 has been the best year ever for many of us unless you invested in hand sanitizer or paper towel stock before the pandemic hit, right? For most of us, we would say this year has been an incredibly difficult and hard year. Whether you are a pastor, whether you're a parent, an employer, a waitress, a nurse, a student, a child, this year we saw our life get turned upside down. We had Family gatherings and vacations and schools that were just completely canceled. We saw jobs that were lost. We saw investments that were lost. We saw lives that were lost. We saw our routines upended. We saw stress heightened to levels that many of us have never experienced before. And that was just a result of the pandemic. On top of that, we also dealt with these race issues in our country this year that were just uh, prevalent and, and overwhelming. And we saw maybe the most divisive election in the history of the United States. In fact, as I was reflecting this past week, I found myself feeling and saying to myself, I found myself saying, you know what, we just need 2020 to end. We just need this year to end almost as if i was taking comfort that at eleven fifty nine 59 on december 31st that all the suffering would come to an end surely next year can't be as bad as this year right But, but what if it is we have no guarantee that 2021 is going to be better than 2020. what if 2021 is just as hard if not harder than 2020. See, we are so quick to to hope that maybe tomorrow things will change. We're so quick to hope that next week or next month or next year, our circumstances are going to change and then everything will be all right again. I mean, this is how humanity has coped with hard times since the beginning of time. This is how we, we cope. We are hope seekers. And so when life gets difficult, when life gets hard, we put our hope in our circumstances getting better, in our circumstances changing. In fact, this is one of the things that I love about the Bible. The Bible is not just a book written about how people a long time ago, how they related to God. The Bible is a lens into our hearts. It shows the reality of how we live and how we think and how we operate. And so throughout the Bible, when we see the people of God suffering... They're always looking for their circumstances to change to make it right. In fact, in the book of Exodus, the people of God, they are enslaved in Egypt. And they are just praying and longing for deliverance from that slavery. That if they can just be delivered from uh, the, the burden of being a slave in Egypt, then everything would be better and everything would be all right. And if you know the biblical story, you know what happened. God used Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And God opens the door for the Israelites to leave Egypt, no longer slaves, leads them across the dry ground of the Red Sea as God stops the Red Sea. God feeds them with this food that comes down from heaven day after day. And you'd think, you know, God changed their circumstances so the rest of the story is they lived happily ever after, right? Everything was perfect in their life, right? Not quite. And now in the midst of that, they started complaining. Man, why do we have to walk all this distance? Why do we have to eat the same food day after day? Man, it was better for us to be back in Egypt where we could have some different types of food. There was a McDonald's and a Taco Bell and these different things. See, their circumstances changed, but it didn't solve the issues in their heart. It didn't bring them that peace and that comfort that they were longing for and looking for. And see, for so many of us, we have this thought that if my circumstances change, then I'll be good. If my circumstances change, then everything will be all right. If we could just return to pre-pandemic life, if we could just get back to that, the health and the freedom and the income and the security and the social commitments, if we just get back to that, man, then we'll be set. But let me ask you just an honest question. I mean, if, if our circumstances do change, let me ask you this. When you think back to this time in last year, were you content with where you were last year? See, my guess is that for many of us, as we looked into 2020, we set some goals. We made some resolutions. We made some decisions to try and do some things different in 2020 because we wanted to improve our lives. We wanted some changes that we felt would make us happier, would make us better, would make us more fulfilled. Because honest, if our circumstances change, we think they're going to give us the peace and the joy that we long for, but they don't. They don't. See, our problem is not our circumstances. Our problem is our forgetfulness, that we forget that no circumstance in this life will ever fully satisfy us, will ever bring us to completeness and peace. See, the prophet Jeremiah in the Bible, he understood this idea about how we as people, we put our hope in circumstances to satisfy us. And as the prophet Jeremiah He confronted the people of God about this. He said, listen, if you are looking at your circumstances to satisfy you, what you're actually doing is you're making an idol of those circumstances. So you're looking for those things to satisfy you and be the source of your joy, failing to look at God to be your satisfaction, to satisfy you, to be the source of your joy in your life. And so this is what Jeremiah said to the people of God in Jeremiah chapter 2. Verses 12 and 13, he says, Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You see, when we are looking to our circumstances to satisfy us and to fill us, fulfill us and to to bring us peace and to bring us joy, that's like we're looking at a broken cistern. We can try and fill that cistern and and have it hold water, but because it's a broken cistern, the water's gonna leak right out. It won't fill you. It won't that. See, this is where I want us to understand that that there's no guarantee that our present circumstances, our health, our finances, our relationships, our jobs, there's no guarantee that our circumstances are going to improve or be resolved next year. There's no guarantee that a vaccine is going to solve these issues. Next year, vacations may still have to be delayed and canceled. Loved ones may still be hospitalized and maybe even pass away. This is the reality of us living in a fallen world as we wait for God's return to take us into redemption. But here's the good news. Just because we can't hope in our circumstances doesn't mean we don't have hope. No, there is hope available for us. There's hope available for us today and for 2021. And it comes from maybe my favorite Christmas passage in the entire Bible, The prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, he gave us a a picture, a description of of who Jesus is, who our Savior is. And this is what Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says. He says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. See, what I love about that passage, what I so desperately love about that passage, is in this description of Jesus, we understand how Jesus is so different than us. He is so very different than us. I mean, truthfully, for us, man, the government does not rest on our shoulders In fact, I'm I'm pretty sure that every one of us watching this, I don't think there's any governor or president who has called us asking for our opinions. We don't have control of what happens in our government, in our country. We are not wonderful counselors. We're not mighty and holy like God. We're not an everlasting father. We're not the prince of peace. We aren't, and we can't be any of those things. But the good news is Jesus is. He is. His shoulders are strong enough to do whatever he wants, no matter who sits in leadership in our country. He is wise enough to, to direct us through the daily activities of our lives, no matter what we are going through. He is powerful enough. He is mighty enough to bring peace into the most hostile of lives and into the most hostile of homes. He is the Prince of Peace. So yes, I'm praying. I'm praying that our 2021 is different than 2020. But even if it isn't, listen, my hope will not be shaken. Because my hope is not in a candidate. My hope is not in a vaccine. My hope is not in a stimulus plan. My hope is not in good health or prosperity. My hope is in the baby who was born in the manger, who became all of those things. My hope is in that baby in the manger who is a wonderful counselor, who is the the mighty God, who is the everlasting Father, who is the Prince of Peace. In fact, I just wrote simple, I wrote this down. I wrote five reasons why I have hope for today. Five simple reasons why we can have hope for today and why we can have hope for 2021. Number one, we can have hope because we are still here. We still have breath in our lungs And as hard as this past year was, listen, it has not defeated us. It has not won. We are still here. And if we are still here, then I got to believe. If we're still here, I got to believe that God still has a purpose and a plan for us. So I can take hope in the fact that we are still here. Number two, we can take hope in 2021 that God is still building His church. God is still building His church. Nothing has stopped God building His church. In fact, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, Peter confesses and says, Jesus, you are the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God. And Jesus responds in this beautiful way. And He says, yes, Peter, yes, absolutely. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And listen to this. Jesus said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not stop the church from being built and growing. See, the church, the church has proven itself to be resilient in this season of life this past year. We've learned how to do church in different ways. And the gospel has never stopped being preached. People have never stopped being prayed for. The church has still functioned as a church, even as we've learned to do things a little bit different. God has still been worshiped and glorified through his church. In fact, I would say to some degree, I think the gospel message has been heard wider and further in this season because of the social media presence of churches. So yes, I am taking hope and I believe that God is still building his church. Despite what this year has has looked like and the challenges we faced third reason why i'm taking hope into 2021 is because god has given us opportunity to show hope to the world to show real hope to the world in fact this has been my prayer for us as a church throughout this entire year the world is hurting collectively the world is struggling they're looking for hope they're looking for peace But they're looking in the wrong places, they're looking in prosperity, they're looking in politics, they're looking in circumstances, they're looking in a vaccine. And they're looking in the wrong place because we have already said those things are not going to satisfy us, they're not going to bring us everlasting peace. But we as a church, we as Christians, we've got the answer the answer that will bring peace, the answer that will bring satisfaction, the answer that will allow people to be to, to rest and be satisfied is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, church, Christians, the world needs us. The world needs us not to be arguing about politics and the pandemic and guidelines. The world needs us to point people to the hope in Jesus Christ. The world needs us to show that we have a hope in Christ, and that enables us to stand up and live every day with trust and belief that God is is still at work. Fourth reason why I have hope heading into 2021 is because God is teaching us to depend on Him in a very practical way. In fact, the Apostle Paul, a guy who's pretty cool, he wrote a third of the New Testament. That's pretty awesome. He suffered with some unknown calamity in his life. We're not told what it is. He only describes it as a thorn in the flesh. And scripture says in 2 Corinthians that Paul, he prayed and prayed and pleaded with God to remove this thorn from his flesh. But ultimately, the Lord replied to Paul. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10, he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weaknesses, with my insults, with my hardships, with my persecutions, with my calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, as challenging as this year has been, Listen, I believe that God has stripped away any sense of control that we might feel like we had in our life. Like we could control the direction of our life. We could control what the year was going to hold. I think God has stripped that back away from us. So we have no one else but to trust. No one else but to depend on but God. Listen, I know for me, and I know others I've talked to, that this year has been an ability to to step back and assess areas of our heart that we've held on to, that we haven't given control over to God. Areas that we've said, okay, God, you can be here, but God, I'm not going to give you this. And this year has been an opportunity for us to really assess our heart and maybe figure out some areas that we aren't truly depending and trusting in God with our politics with our finances, with our health, with all these different things. In fact, through this year, I've loved hearing uh, people share how their devotional life with God has grown and become a lot more intimate. Because again, things have been canceled. People have realized, man, I've got more time. I'm going to spend time reading the word of God and praying. And it's been great to hear how people this year, because of everything they faced, how that relationship with God has grown deeper and more personal because of what God has brought us through this year so yes I am taking hope that God is teaching us to depend on him and to deepen our relationship with him and the fifth reason why I'm taking hope into 2021 and I'll conclude with this one is because I believe that God is working things out for our good and for his glory I believe that God is working things out for our good and His glory. Listen, I know this can be cliche, but there is this profound truth in the book of Romans chapter 8 that may be perhaps the greatest chapter in the Bible. In Romans chapter 8 verse 28, Scripture says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. See, I want to encourage us to trust in the sovereignty of God, that He who is all-powerful is still in control today. He was in control in 2020. He was in control in 2021. Nothing that happened in 2020 was a surprise to God. Somehow, even though we may not understand it, somehow God is working things out for our good and His glory. See, usually we don't see it in the middle. Usually we're going through uh, the trees and we can't see the forest. But sometime down the road, at some point down the road, we're going to look back and we're going to be able to see, man, look what God did in my life because of this year. Look what God did in these people. Look how God uh, brought these people closer to Him. Look what God did through this pandemic. Look what He taught me. Listen, Don't lose sight of the fact that the tomb is still empty. Don't lose sight of the fact that God is still on the throne. That the God who raised Jesus from the dead, He is still on the throne. And that God who is all-powerful, we know He's sovereign. He's in control. And I do believe that He is working things out for our good and for His glory. And there's so much hope in knowing who He is. That He is That he is our everlasting father. That he is our mighty God. That he is our prince of peace. Listen, I'm praying that 2021 is a great year. I'm praying it's a great year. Not because our circumstances are going to get any better. Not because our circumstances are going to change because they might not. But I am praying and I believe that 2021 is going to be a great year because God is still God. Because God still loves us. Because God is still redeeming us. Because God is still at work in our hearts and in our lives and in our families and in our community and in our country and in our world. And I have hope for 2021 because Jesus is still a wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. Would you pray with me? God, I just want to thank you for just your grace God, I want to thank you that in the midst of a a difficult year, that God, you have not changed. You are still the God who loves us. You are still the God who loved us so much that you sent your only begotten Son, just your only begotten Son, to go to the cross for us so that you could have a relationship with us. God, I pray that you would help us not to make an idol of our circumstances, God, we do pray that 2021 will look better. We pray that circumstances will change. God, I pray that we would not put our hope in our circumstances. God, I pray that we would put our hope in you. I pray, God, as we think about 2021, that we wouldn't have our conversations being about, man, I hope these things are better. God, I pray that we would have our conversations centered around, listen, my God is great. My God has carried me through 2020. My God is still active and alive and living today. So Lord, I pray for us listening, for all those listening today, that Lord, we'd be challenged on where we're putting our hope. We'd be challenged to to see, are we putting our hope in our circumstances? A cistern that is broken, that cannot hold water. And God, if we are putting our hope in our circumstances, God, that we would confess that before you. And God, we would see you for who you are, that you are, that you are who you say you are. You are the wonderful counselor. You are the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. So God, I pray that we put our hope in you, knowing God that you are still alive and active. And God, the fact that we have breath in our lungs today is reason to hope to know that God, you are not done with us. You have a plan and a purpose. God, that we can have hope today and into 2021 because, God, you are still building your church. The gates of hell and no pandemic and, and, and no election and nothing can stop you from building your church, which we are a part of. So we have hope because of that. God, we have hope because, God, you've given us opportunities to show the world what difference a relationship with you makes. Lord, I pray that we would take that seriously to show people how a faith in God, a hope in God, makes a difference in our lives. God, we have hope in you today and in 2021 because you are teaching us to depend on you and to deepen our relationship with you. God, ultimately, I pray that we would have hope in 2021 because we know that you are working things out for our good and for your glory. So God, we thank you. We thank you for your grace, for your relationship through Jesus Christ. And just pray, Lord, that you would be with us and strengthen us and keep our eyes and help on you. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen.